listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Peter's season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 166. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Got another great throwback interview for you this week with Chelsea Wanstrath of Matt Grant's season of The Bachelor that aired in 2008. It's a good one. She also finished second, kind of like Jenny did last week, although Jenny, excuse me, Jenny finished second, but also technically Deanna did too, or it's like 1A and 1B, however you want to call it. Anyway, Chelsea is a great guest this week, and we'll get to that momentarily. So I want to uh, give you a heads up that Chelsea, coming on, she's got some really good stuff, some good stories from basically when she got down to the final three. If you remember Matt Grant's season, which I'm guessing a lot of you don't, the final three were Chelsea, Shane Lamas, who was the daughter of Lorenzo Lamas, who was in Greece and many other things, you know, a hunk back in the 70s. But she came on the show and made no bones about the fact that she was a 22-year-old actress and played the part very well. And nobody could believe that she was still on the show and didn't know why she kept lasting as long as she did. Chelsea shares some really interesting stories when we got down to the end of the show from overnight dates, some things she heard, and also from the night before the final rose ceremony when Matt had his last date with her and what he told her. So some really good stuff there. I know you'll like it. Um, again, a couple of house cleaning things to get to number one, excuse me again. Thank you everyone who reached out and offered condolences uh, for my aunt's passing. The New York trip that I was on this past weekend was clearly not a fun trip. Uh, it was, it was rough and, uh, it was, we got through it. I got through it and, um, and here we are. Um, but again, um, you know, just to, just to see the outpouring of love for my aunt was great. I mean, we had a four-hour viewing on Sunday and easily at least 350 to 400 people came through the viewing. Um, my, my aunt worked in a hospital for 32 years helping cancer patients and, ironically enough, ended up passing from that. Um, a cancer diagnosis that she got literally right before Thanksgiving and two months later she was gone. So... Yeah, it's it was rough, but to see everybody, to see family, you know, I don't know if any of you, I think longtime listeners of my site will know this. Maybe if you listen to one of my early, early podcasts with Michelle Money where she interviewed me, you know that every single one of my relatives lives in New York. Every aunt, uncle, cousin, grandparent I have lives in New York. We were the only members of our family to move west, and we moved when I was three to Southern California. So I don't really consider myself much of an East Coaster, although every single one of my family is. We used to go back, me and my sister, every summer for about five or six years and spend a month out there with family. And then once we got to high school and college, not nearly as much. And then, you know, once I got a career and whatever, then I, yeah, I've been been back to New York quite a few times and, you know, I see family and then I trying to make a trip to the city and whatnot. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was amazing to see that many people show up and, and to, you know, it was really cool to know that my aunt touched that many people's lives. A lot of people from the hospital, um, a lot of the doctors and nurses who worked on her floor, who worked on different floors, all stopped by to see her. So that was great. Um, but again, thank you all to everyone who reached out and offered uh, condolences for that. And, um, so my flight got back really late on Tuesday night, and I was like, well, I'll get back. I'll do reader emails. I'll have it up on, on Wednesday morning. I'm like, and then I got back less on Tuesday night. I'm just like, yeah, no, that ain't happening. Um, I was just beat and didn't feel like answering a bunch of emails. So I did it all yesterday, and now along with today's podcast, you have uh, reader emails as well. So uh, something else to, uh, to tie you over uh, until Monday's episode. So, again, thank you for that. Um, you know, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of if you read today's uh, reader emails, I, I do. You'll see some things in there that um, I address, and um, you know, I kind of, I do want to. I want to see how everything plays out on Monday with Alea, 
and her coming back on the show and, and the reaction to her. I mean, I know it's not positive, clearly, but just the way things were shown on Monday night was kind of, it was so shady. It was very easy to see through as well, knowing the way this show works and how it functions. And um, in, in my reader emails, before I get to the reader emails, I do explain a couple things and my opinions on, on how things were shown and just kind of kind of plays into everything that's going on with this season. And, and you know, I just think the LA stuff is so stupid, you know? it's It really is dumb because they literally spent a whole episode on it and we're going to get another episode on it on Monday on these women hating her because they think that she's fake and she turns it on for cameras when in reality you kind of have to turn it on for cameras when you're on that show or else you're boring television. And... Yeah, she is in the pageant world, clearly. She knows how to act in front of a camera. Um, but it, this isn't a behavior that is that deemed a whole episode to, to put behind it. And, you know, for Sydney not to be quiet about it and just constantly talk about it, when we've seen this by so many past contestants, like there was nothing new about that storyline. And I'm just shocked that Peter put so much stock into it. It was really weird because you had the women at the pool party. And as I mentioned on Tuesday, it's like, look, do we honestly think that the only women Peter talked to at the pool party were the five women who we saw him talk to, which was Kelsey, Natasha, Lexi, Victoria P, who all had negative things to say about Alea. And even though, and, and the negative things was just repeating what, Sydney had said, which was, yeah, she just seems a little bit different when the cameras are on. Okay, great. Can you can can somebody say something else different about her? Um we know that wasn't the only five women he spoke to, but those are the only five women they showed us him talking to <clears throat> because they had a story to tell and they had a narrative to sell, which was, hey, Alea's fake. Okay. Well, we saw her hanging out with Hannah Ann. We saw her hanging out with McKenna. They didn't seem to have a problem with her. And I'm guessing Peter spoke to them and others who probably defended Alea. And yet that was none of that was shown. Which is just it just goes to show how to watch the show a little bit differently when you kind of know behind the scenes stuff. And um I hope you all caught on to that. I hope I'm not breaking any major news to you here because it was pretty obvious. And after Monday's episode <clears throat> I really have to take issue uh, this upcoming Monday's episode. I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm not going to see it obviously till Monday night, but kind of knowing what happens and uh, it's in the spoilers about how, you know, Victoria still has an issue with Alea and Peter sits both of them down at the cocktail party before the rose ceremony. And Victoria basically, I don't know what you call it, denounces or basically says, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Alea, exaggerates their friendship or whatever. Um, there's stuff out there on the internet that I I don't know where Victoria is coming with this. I really don't. It's surprising. And I'll have that all up on Tuesday because I'm already, I, I, I it's so weird. Like when I announced Alea and Victoria P were contestants on the season back in September, I told you that, Hey, they're friends. And, there's pictures of them on the internet together. And then when I see Victoria tell Peter at the pool party, I've spent maybe three hours with her total. And that includes Miss USA. It's like, Victoria, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know if you have short-term memory problems or what. That's just a flat-out lie. We have the pictures of you in different places with Alea. And it certainly doesn't seem like you're hanging out with her against your will. It just... It, baffles me i have no idea where she came up with that i am just i don't get it i don't understand it but it is what it is you know some people get sucked in by what production wants them to do and maybe victoria p they preyed on her and they knew they could get her to say some trash about alaya to so they could have a storyline for episodes three and four hell if i know but i mean she was just flat out lying to peter it was so bizarre now, let's get started. Podcast number 166, my interview with Chelsea Wanstrath, and it's going to go uninterrupted for the remainder of the podcast. Okay, let's bring in our guest, um, another old school contestant here. Um, you saw her 
on Matt Grant's season of The Bachelor, which was season number 12 in 2008. She made it to the finals where he chose uh, his little monkey over her. <laughs> it's Chelsea Wanstrad. <laughs> Chelsea, how are you? Hi, Steve. I'm good. How about you? I'm great. Uh, that was, um, again, I had to do a lot of research for this uh, interview because obviously I don't remember a lot that happened that season. I had to look up the names. Some of the names I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That girl was on this season, and, and she was, and stuff like that. But then I remembered the little monkey thing was such a thing with Matt and Shane that season that he called her his yeah. little monkey. I think Shane might have been the one that started the whole run and jump into and wrap your legs around the guy thing that they do all the time on The Bachelor now. I think that was, <laughs> I think that was started by Shane as well. Um but yeah, uh, let's let's get started from kind of the beginning of of all that. And were you a fan of the show before you got cast? Like, how did it come about that you became a contestant on the show? Um, so I I loved the show, but I I wasn't one of those people who religiously watched it. Um, my mother was the one who suggested, "Hey, why don't you go on The Bachelor? I think this would be a great thing for you." You're outgoing, you're lots of fun, and, you know, you're not intimidated by, you know, these kinds of situations, and I think, if anything, you just have a good time. And so, um, it was hilarious. I made my, you know, you have to make a video yeah. and stuff as an entry, and I filmed it with, I was living um, at a cardiologist guest house who was a client of mine that worked, you know, that I worked for, and me and some friends decide to film in the backyard. And I remember I was terrible. Like I was awful. They would ask me questions and I would give terrible little short answers. And so then my girlfriend bought me two shots of, I think it was vodka at the time in a coffee mug. And she's like, drink this, it will help. And so you can notice like on my video, if you've I don't know if you've ever watched it or I don't think it, the public has access to that, but I still have it. And you can see me change, go from like super boring to all of a sudden pepped up, just lots of fun, great answers and jokes. And so I think my video, I ended up in a hot tub in a full gown with a surfboard. Like that's how it <laughs> ends. So well, I definitely got their attention through that, I think. If if you want to send over that video, I would love... <laughs> Actually, it's hilarious. I don't... I would totally send it over. Okay, yeah. I, w I would love to include it in uh, when we post this uh, interview. I'd love to include it in there so people could actually Yeah, uh, I'll definitely... I'll find it and send it to you. Yeah, because we certainly... Unless you put it up on YouTube, we certainly don't have access to those videos that are, are seen oh, by... Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so yeah, definitely send it. Um. Do you remember what you did out of the limo, like your little entrance? Did you do anything like creative no. or did you just kind of go up I there? I think and I maybe him? challenged him to an arm wrestling contest. Okay. All right. Okay. So <laughs> or something like that. That's what I can remember. I do remember arm wrestling him and I think it was the first night or something. Okay. So. Because again, when I was doing research, I read a old recap from... 2008 of someone who was recapping the first episode and they were talking about women that stuck out to them and mm -hmm. this person wrote the arm wrestling champ from Santa Barbara Chelsea and I'm like well, the arm wrestling champ what <laughs> so I don't know if I, it must I was like okay so where did that come from and I guess you I guess when you had so, it at the cocktail party you challenged them to an arm wrestling match yeah, like in my, you know, earlier college days, um, I kind of was known for arm wrestling people at bars. I, It happened, <laughs> it, right? It started as a dare and then it just kind of like ended up being my thing for a while. I guess I was kind of good at it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know though, but um, yeah, so that's how the arm wrestling thing got started. I don't know why I would choose to... First time I meet a guy, like, hey, let's arm wrestle, but it just happened. Yeah. It just kind of came out. Yeah. So, oh wow, that is yeah. that is pretty crazy. Because when I saw that, I'm like, I don't remember anything about Chelsea and arm wrestling, but I guess yeah. It was. If you look at me, I don't look like I'm some gnarly, you know, weightlifting champion or anything, but. I guess I was kind of good at arm wrestling somehow. But maybe I just cheated. One thing, one <laughs> thing about you, and you and I have been. Um, I've just followed you. We've been Facebook friends, um, and mm -hmm. I've followed you just see stuff posted here and there. Like, 
you are you are a very very outdoorsy person. Like I think yeah. I think you live outdoors, don't you? Like <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. Yeah, you are very. You're always traveling. You're always in a on in the hills somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. of nowhere. Like so, explain Absolutely. that. Like what is your obviously you're you're fond very fond of the outside and the outdoors, yeah. but. What is your thing? You just love to hike and travel and all that stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, I was raised in Colorado in the mountains and um, my family, we just, we traveled a lot Mm -hmm. as kids. We went to Costa Rica. I mean, we go like all over the place. We go to California a lot, which is what got me to move out here uh, when I was 17. But um, I don't know. I also kind of had, I had a moment in my life. Um, I'd say this was maybe three or almost four years ago, maybe three and a half years ago, where one of my close girlfriends passed away and it just fired me up again to really do what kind of my soul craves. And that's just challenging myself, being outside, traveling, seeing new things that I haven't experienced. Like I always say, I don't really have a FOMO of social situations, like missing out on a fun party, but I totally have this FOMO of not being able to see something in the world, like missing out on being able to see like the peak of a mountaintop that I haven't been to before, or, you know, a a new hiking trail that's farther than I've ever gone. Those kinds of things, they just really excite me and they light me up. And um, I like doing a lot of it alone sometimes, which is also a bit weird, but it's just, I'd rather do it with people, but sometimes, you know, schedules don't align. And so I do a lot of it alone and it's really taught me a lot about myself too. So yeah. I definitely am just this, yeah, fanatic for the outdoors. I've, I've seen, and you're a big surfer as well. You've always been yes. into, into the ocean and surfing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've seen the pictures over the years and I'm like, man, she is everywhere. She's at Mount, she's, she's always at the top of a mountain somewhere. Or- <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> it's the perk of being single though. And I've said like without children and stuff, I have the ability to travel spontaneously at ease. And so I'm fully going to take advantage of it because I know there's going to be a day where I have kids and a family and I'm not doing that. And I'm going to look back and say, dang, I am so glad I was able to do all those things. So I was going to say, like, where are you at dating wise in terms of do you do you want to get married? Because when I saw that, I was just like, maybe she just wants to travel and do all this and and, everyone always thinks that they're like how are you ever gonna settle down i'm like well when the time comes in the right person 100 percent. i um okay you know i've dated i've been in i was in a committed relationship for the last few years with someone i love and adore and um we've been friends for about 15 years and so we um just didn't align on what we wanted and i'm actually at the stage where i am ready i'm like okay now i can say i'm fulfilled in living the single life, I am ready to commit. I'm ready to get married and I want to have children. And I'm, you know, I'm at the age where I don't have a ton of time. I do have time, but I don't have a ton of time to accomplish those things, having a family if I want multiple children. So, um, yeah, it's something that's a big priority for me now, but I also want the right person. I'm happy to be single until I find the right person. Is it something that, um, well, I, how long ago was the breakup with the with the recent person that you said? Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie; it's complicated. Oh, okay. So it's so it's still kind of lingering. It's still there. No, 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 oh. no, no. It's, oh, it's not definitely lingering over. anymore. No, no. But it was. Um, we officially broke up about a year ago, and then though we've just stayed in each other's lives, just because we've had such a long history together, it's kind of hard. We have a pretty strong like gravity gravitational pull or kind of like this magnetic pull for one another. But ultimately like right now we don't work just, he's not ready to settle down the way I am. Hmm. Um, So yeah, but I'd say, I mean, I've been single, I've dated other people since in the last year. Okay. Let's uh we got a little sidetrack there. So let me uh Yeah, sorry. But, but no, no, but that was me. I I was the one that asked about, you know, the the hiking okay. and all the and all the pictures that I see. So um we get back to the show and like I said, I don't remember a, a a ton of dates from your season or a lot of things that really went on. Um Yeah. What was you I'm assuming considering mm-hmm. you got second place, you had a one-on-one at some point during your season, right? Oh yes. What did you yes. what what was your one-on-one? 
on the season? Well, okay, I had several. Um, and I'll say this. So what you there are things that of course you don't see on camera. Yeah. And uh some of those were very early on, they gave me time alone with Matt. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for instance, my first kiss with him did not happen on camera. It was we were in Las Vegas and he had given me the rose that evening for a group date. Or um, was yeah, we were on a big group date and he had given me his rose, which kept me safe. Like I knew, you know, knew I was going to be safe that week. And after that, they, you know, all the girls were staying in this large suite that had multiple beds and bedrooms. And they pulled me aside for an interview. And during that interview, they said, hey, Matt wants to spend some more time with you just one-on-one. So I was like, great. So you, th- those things happened. And so I had little one-on-ones. There was also <laughs> when we went to um, Sun Valley, Idaho on a ski trip, a bunch of the girls. Um, I think we were down to maybe like 10 of us at that point. I checked into my hotel room and I heard a man's voice next to me and I thought about it. And actually, no, I was staying with Amanda. Amanda and I had had roomed together that, that time. And I heard a man's voice and I said, Hey, I think that's Matt. So we went and knocked on the door next to us and they had accidentally given us one of the producer's rooms and put us next to him. So little did they know we actually got to spend like time, the two of us with him alone. Wow. And then, um, and then I had a one-on-one date with him. That was my first one was in Sun Valley, Idaho. And we went on a beautiful sleigh ride through the snow and in the mountains. And then we went on a dinner and then we spent some time alone. And then I snuck back into our little snow chalet cabin. You know, I don't know what time it is. It's usually like three, four in the morning Mm. so that the girls didn't, you know, they had no idea. So... It's weird so because lots of one-on-ones. <laughs> Matt, Matt is um he was the only bachelor who was British <laughs> that they've ever mm-hmm. had, so it was definitely kind of a, a a stretch for them. It's basically when you look at it now, the current season that's airing of The Bachelor is season number twenty-four, and you were twelve. So halfway through, they threw in a British bachelor, and um, were you attracted to Matt? I mean, was this guy was this guy someone that was your type, or was it like, well, he's the bachelor, I, I kind of have to, I kind of have to be into him because there's no other guys here. Um, so I'll say this: he was definitely not my typical type. Yeah. But I was attracted to him, and um, Matt was very witty. His sense of humor is what really drew me in. But I'll say there were things that were not like I wasn't attracted to about him. And those kind of didn't reveal themselves that often. So, and and you're just, you're stuck in this situation where like all you think and do is about singly focused on this man. And so you kind of, you, you're conditioned to like someone more than you actually probably would in real life. Yeah. Right. And it's a competition. I'm a very competitive person. Any of my friends, my family, everyone will tell you like Chelsea wants to win. Um, so I think there was a slight part of me that was probably more into it than I would have naturally been in real life. But I will say, yes, I was initially attracted to him. He's a tall, handsome, good looking guy. So who apparently the show paid $15,000 for to get his teeth fixed before the show. (laughs) That's what I heard. I was like, wow, really? Yeah. Also. Yeah. That's That's crazy. the, The perks of being the bachelor. Um, I guess now right? it's now it's more like they get you a if they know you're going to be the bachelor they get you a personal trainer but back then I guess Matt didn't have the greatest teeth and they uh, yeah the papers... and that's another thing is he wasn't very um, I don't know how do I say this like he wasn't super athletic <laughs> <laughs> which probably doesn't fit somebody that you are going you're right. interested in yeah gotcha. right. <laughs> so uh, there's okay so that happens you you have your dates back then it was you know obviously you have hometown dates he met your family things went well mm-hmm. in terms of your overnight dates the the final mm-hmm. three were you Shane Lamas and Amanda Rantuccio and uh, Amanda mm-hmm. the Amanda that you just spoke of mm-hmm. Amanda was the one that had the weird hometown date where they played a prank on him right <laughs> yes <laughs> 
I remember that. Yes. Was oh it, my god. What was it that she was? No, it wasn't that she was pregnant. Was it? No. No. So they brought in a fake mom. Oh, a fake they mom. Had that's an right. Actress, that's right. and mem- I remember she was touching Matt's nipple. That's right. And the, the flirting mom- with him, like the- really touchy feely. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, freaked him out big yeah. time. Um. That's right. They had the they had the mom that was hitting on Matt when Amanda was inside, yes. and Matt was like, "Whoa!" And then they <laughs> yes. told her it was fake. Okay. Yes. Yes. So, when you got to over when you got to the overnight portion, where was your overnight date? Uh, so at that point we were let's see, we were back in Barbados. Okay, so all three and... of you had overnights in Barbados. Yes. All three of us had our overnights in Barbados. And I'll say this. So my, I remember my overnight got quite a bit of criticism. And even from Matt specifically, like the early portion before it was the actual overnight portion, Mm -hmm. the daytime date that we had, Matt was not super stoked on me. Um, He claimed that I was distant, that I was unaffectionate and all these things. And I didn't really get a chance to tell him until kind of later that evening off camera, I let him know why, which I remember was because, so Shane's hotel room was apparently directly underneath mine, the floor beneath mine. And we had these beautiful balconies that overlooked the ocean. And I went to get breakfast and had it served out on the front or the, the balcony, the patio outside. And while I was eating breakfast, and this was right before my date, I heard Shane below me talking about her date and basically dishing all the dirty details. Mm. And that just made me feel it's like, uh, yeah, there's a part of me that knew something, obviously clearly what is going to happen on these overnight dates between him and the other women, Mm -hmm. but to like hear about it and know about it and all the details, I was like, ugh, this is gross. You know, like we're talking sexual details, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Who was she, she? She was telling a producer this. Yes. She was telling the producer she had just basically gotten back from her overnight. And so she was in her room getting breakfast outside, having a cigarette. And I overheard her telling them like all kinds of things that I won't repeat. Oh, you got to repeat them. This is is what we want to hear. Oh, God. Well, you know, I I mean... I mean, well, okay, we'll just frame it like this. Was was she like, when she was talking like sexually about what happened with Matt the night before, is she explaining in detail like how many times they did it or positions? Is is that what we're talking about? Um, she was talking basically about like stereotype of like European men being circumcised okay. or not. Okay. Like that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. You know, and just like the details of, yeah, what happened and that, like, they slept together, all that that kind of stuff. Like, uh, I don't remember too much other than just I heard that those things. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because Shane was like the lightning rod of the season because she's this 22-year-old, like, bubbly kind mm-hmm. of, you know, ditzy at the right. time. She's, tw- she's 22. She And she was an admitted, she was an actress. She's the daughter right. of Lorenzo Lamas, who mm-hmm. anybody that watched Grease and in yes. back in the day, like we all knew who she was at the time. Yes. And this was way before social media was a big thing. But yet we knew who one of these contestants was in terms of it's not that she had been in anything really popular, but we knew she was the daughter of a famous actor. And except for I'll say I had no clue. Oh, you didn't? And I didn't know until my hometown date and my mom pulled me aside once the mics got taken off for the day and she goes Chelsea I need to tell you something like you know we've been trying to follow you and find out where you are and we've been online and you know there are people that know a lot of information about the bachelor and their fans and she says you need to know do you know who Shane is and I was like I don't know she's this dumb blonde whatever (laughs) sorry I mean I don't mean that but at the time I felt that yeah so my mom told me that that she's Lorenzo Lamas's, you know, daughter. She's an actress, and then there was talkings of online that her and Matt and Matt had actually already met prior. Mm. Um, the, all kinds of talk. So at that point was the first time, like, I learned who she was, gotcha. so to speak. Yeah, yeah, and she was somebody that I think a lot of people all season long couldn't understand what Matt saw in her. And they, or that they didn't understand their connection, and it's right. just like this is almost 
fixed. She's an actress. Yes. She was put on the show to win from the beginning. Like there's right. There's always been talk about that. Yeah. So you obviously made it through to the final two and mm-hmm. you have a, a final date with him and whatnot. And, and I don't know if people remember this cause I've had my blog and my website for a really long time, but back mm-hmm. after your season ended, I had gotten a hold of you somehow. I don't know because it wasn't, there wasn't Twitter. There wasn't, ins- I don't know how I got a hold of you, but I did. Right. And I remember speaking with you and you and I were set to do an interview very shortly after your finale aired. Yes. And I remember promoting it and I was like, Hey, Chelsea's coming on and she's got a lot to say. Cause you had told me a lot on the phone yes. and ABC had read it and said, absolutely not Chelsea. You're not going on with that guy. Right. And killed it. And then I was just like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm not doing it. Uh, and right. that, was, that was the last time I started promoting stuff that hadn't happened yet. But <laughs> I remember, th- I remember one of the main things was you were absolutely 1000% convinced he was picking you on final row ceremony day. Correct. Yes. Because and it was actually even, I was petrified because I had told them, I wasn't ready to get engaged. Like, I don't know this man all that well. I can't even say I love you. And even if they got like at at points, they would get me to. And I, I say this, that they would they would frame your conversations in a sense that they would kind of talk you into saying you are falling in love with them. Yeah. And I'm not going to, you know, say I didn't say those things. I did. Did I mean them? Not wholeheartedly, no, not at all. But was I influenced by alcohol and had nothing else going on and had fully focus on, you know, just getting this one guy and winning? Yeah. So um, they also came to me and were like, no, if Matt proposes, you have got to say yes. We cannot do this. The show cannot do this. You know, we had our ratings dropped from last season because Brad picked no one. Like, you cannot reject him. If he proposes, you're saying yes. Hmm. I'm like, well, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I get to say what I get to say, you know, like if I say no, I say no. And, um, and I told them like, it's not no, that I, I don't want to be with him. It's like, yes to you. Yes. To committing to getting to know you and having a relationship outside of the show. But being engaged is just a giant thing that I feel like I would be, I would be promising something I truly don't mean to, you know, follow through with just yet. So, um, yeah, I was completely wholeheartedly convinced. And they even told, like, usually they, they want you to drink a lot of the time just to kind of get you to loosen up, get you to say funny things on the interviews, get you to be more affectionate, also get you to be more aggressive with the other women. Mm -hmm. And I remember on my, right before, um, the very final rose ceremony, when I was walking down, I asked for a glass of champagne and they were like, uh, you probably shouldn't. I was like, really? Why not? And they're like, mm, just, you know, or maybe one, maybe one, but don't No, We don't want you to drink a lot. And I thought that was interesting because that was not the usual. So, so yes. So when he doesn't propose to you at the end, he did say something along the lines of, I, was it him saying he couldn't give you everything you needed or him saying you couldn't give him everything. So he, he told me he couldn't, he so bef- that night prior he called me and said come to my room and i went to his room and we talked we literally just talked and we laughed and he shared a lot of things about his dislike for shane to me he made <laughs> fun of her you know he told me that when they were um they were in london at the buckingham palace they were driving around and she's like, Oh my gosh, the white house. This is so cool. I've never been to the white house. And he's like, wait, you're joking. Right. And she's like, no, that's where the president's at. She's like, this is, he's like, this is not even America. This is not our country, your country. Like this is, (laughs) this is the UK. You do understand like the queen of England is here, not, you know, president of the United States. So he would, I remember him just kind of poking fun at her a lot and telling me these little things. So, of course, I'm like, he's obviously not going to pick her. He wouldn't be making fun of someone he's going to get married to, right? Um, Or proposed to. So, yeah. And he had said to me he wanted to move to California. He was excited for the opportunity and what could come after the show. And moving to California 
was the only way he was going to kind of gain anything from his, you know, 10 minutes of fame from The Bachelor. And then, so then when he, you know, did not propose or, you know, did not offer me the final rose and said it was because he couldn't give me what I wanted, meaning he couldn't move to California. He needed to be back in the UK with his family. I was like, what in the heck have you been smoking between last night and now? Like, what? Yeah. And he didn't, he was living in California. I know this because I actually bumped into him two years later and he was working at a bar. And, well, hell, when he so. when he picked Shane and they were dating post show, even though it didn't last very long, right? They, they were in L. A. Right. They were living in L. A. Exactly, weren't they? exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that that was the his he. I I think he needed a reason to let me down as far as like to reject and to you know he needed to give me something and rather than saying I had. I know he did say I had more of a connection with Shane, but he, I think he knew I would, would not have believed that at all. Cause I was like, yeah, you just made fun of her a bunch. So no, you don't. <laughs> but, um, but I don't think, yeah, that he knew that I would like see him later or find out he was living in LA or, or whatnot. So. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's, just he had to give me some reason to reject me. And that's what he, you know, in that moment, that's what he chose. And I think it's, you know, just hearing your story and knowing how this show works, it certainly seems like they needed a proposal at the end and he wasn't going to get yes. one from you. And they said, right. go with Shane. She'll do it. She's an actress. She'll just play along with whatever is going on. Right. Um, right. Seems pretty And pretty I had a hard time from the very beginning showing affection and showing feelings that I didn't genuinely believe myself yet. You know, like I knew I liked him, but I was like, oh, God, this is such a struggle to get me to say I'm falling in love with him. Like, I'm just not there. I don't know. And, you know, they they could see that it bothered me to say things I didn't wholeheartedly mean. So like saying yes to a proposal would have been me doing something for the show, not for myself. And when you did post show stuff and people were asking you about it, were you... I mean, you're, you're, you're very clear. Like, I'm guessing you weren't close with Shane in the house. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure you didn't connect with her on any level on anything. Just you, we you're had, so I'll different. Say this. No, we lived like amicably with each other. We never got in any arguments or anything. I did not like how she treated people. I did not like how she ran around the house with her head in like, high above the air from anyone else. Like she breathed pure oxygen and we got like CO2 according to her, you know, it was just, just that's the way she carried herself. And I didn't like, it. and I had nothing in common with her. We didn't hang out. We didn't spend time together. We didn't really chat. Like she was, you know, she's um, definitely, I'd say more of like a high maintenance, you know, prissier type of woman. And I prided myself in being a, low maintenance down to earth woman. So we didn't have really any similarities. Yeah. And, and I'm sure her upbringing had to do with that. You know, she was yes, absolutely daughter of a famous actor, you know? So yeah, right. she's entitled. Right. I didn't understand her world and she didn't understand mine. Yeah. And I think that, um, what about the other women? Like when the other women and you guys would sit around and chat and have talks and, you know, you were close with Amanda, were all of you like, how is he keeping this woman around? Like she's, she's a little 22 year old little brat. Like, did you ever, did you guys ever say that to each other? Like, I can't believe he likes her. That had to have been a a sentiment. We, we truly didn't think he did though. Oh, okay. From everything that he told, we didn't know what was going on on their dates, of course. And so from our perspective, we were like, oh, he's keeping her around because she's good TV because she's dramatic and you know, she puts on a good show and she's you know, kind of a one-off. She's different from the majority of us. And so we literally didn't think they had a connection. We, and until the show aired, I was like, wait, wow. I I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's crazy. Cause you don't see their dates. You don't get to see footage of anything. Right. And I'm guessing Shane, when she came back, I don't know who she was close to in the house. If anybody she, probably didn't talk. Yeah. About 
she she really didn't talk about it much and not with the women that i was close with at all um i know she was friends with holly um as well and they had some moments but i don't remember her really like dishing anything or sharing with the other women yeah so we didn't really have a clue but you know for the majority of it i'd say we all got along except well no i'm lying I totally didn't get along with everyone. I remember now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's funny, uh, you know, when I was looking up your season and your cast list, um, you know, the only names that really stuck out to me on your season, obviously I knew you were in Shane. I totally remember Amanda Rantuccio. Amanda Rantuccio actually ended up being a coworker of my best friend uh, in in California. Um, I remember him telling me like, hey, He's like, I, I just started at this new job, and um, you know this girl Amanda Rantuccio? I'm like, I don't know her, but I know who she is. Yeah, she was on The Bachelor. He's like, yeah, she's my uh, she's my coworker. Um, so oh, cool. so her uh, obviously Holly Durst, who went on to do a lot of other stuff in Bachelor Nation, yeah. the only one from your season. And then I totally forgot that Amy Bean was on your season, and Amy Bean ended up becoming a producer on this right. show, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, no longer on the show, um, but is mm-hmm. um. You know, she was a longtime producer on the show, straight yeah. from your season, which is kind of kind of weird. A contestant ended up becoming a uh, producer right. on the show, right? Um, Definitely. Totally forgot Amy Bean was. I knew she was on a season. I knew she had come from the show. I mm-hmm. didn't know until I looked it up on Wikipedia that that was your season that she yeah. was on. So, so post show, everything happens with Matt and Shane. They don't last, and you're probably not the least bit surprised, right? That they never lost right. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did he ever, just out of curiosity, did he ever, when it was all over and when it was all said and done, either him and Shane or even after him and Shane, maybe before they were even done, did he ever reach out to you? Yes. When was it? Um, he contacted me, I think it was about maybe like two years later or something. Um, I don't recall if it was before I bumped into him at the bar in L.A., it was either before or right after that he reached out to me on Facebook and it was very friendly and amicable. And just, he said like, Hey, I am so sorry for what happened in the way that I maybe handled that at the end. And I just, he's like, I wanted you to know that I genuinely felt the way that I said about you. And I really liked you. And he didn't allude to like, why he picked Shane over me that he didn't go into anything. It was just like a sincere, like, I'm sorry if anything hurt you. And I'm sorry if you've ever felt that what I said wasn't genuine and wasn't true. Like I meant it, but you know, I did choose her for whatever reason. So, Hmm. um, and that was that. And then, you know, and he said like, Oh, maybe we could meet up again or something. And I was like, yeah, you know, it was all said and done is said and done. Like I've moved on. Yeah. So, so that was it. So you never, but you, yeah, you, but you, no hard feelings ever at all. For me, it was the easiest breakup I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and you guys have, ne- and you never met up with him. Like you said, never after no. that in person, no. just that, uh, just no. that message to exchange with each yes. other. Yes. Yeah. Just that. And then ran into him in a bar, but he was working and I was with a group of friends. So there wasn't really much of an exchange other than a hi, hello, how are you? What are you doing here? That's it. And do you keep in touch with anybody else from the show? No. Uh, I mean, just, you know, through social media, uh, like Holly and Amanda a bit. But, um, you know, honestly, our worlds collided because of the show and then not having any involvement. They've kind of drifted apart. Although, like, I'm so happy to see Holly's, you know, her her life and what has transpired <clears throat> for her. And now, you know having a baby like I'm, I'm so so happy for her and any of the castmates that um you know I, I keep in touch with via social media but other than that like no Amanda and I did meet up and would see each other and she actually moved out to California but um you know as we know this was many years ago so yeah. we kind of drifted apart but yeah um I, I think when you know you look at this, I mean, it was 2008. I mean, you filmed in eight, and it aired in 2008, and it's just like one of these things where. Oh wait, maybe you filmed it because um, it says your season was released. Your first episode aired on March 17th. So when did did you guys film January February of that year, or did you film end of 2007? I'm trying to think if I came home. I think we started the first of the year. Okay. 
Makes sense. So January, February. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. So then yeah. you, and then you, it aired March 17th. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And so what have you been doing since? Are you still in medical uh, in in, um, in pharmaceutical sales or wh- where are you at right now? And what, you, what have you been up to recently and what you're, what are you doing now? Yeah. So, um, I still, I work for a completely different company and I work in oncology now and, um, I'm working kind of a blood cancer consulting position and I've been doing, uh, that for the last seven years and I just bought a house, which has been really exciting and also the most stressful thing I've ever done in my life. Congratulations. (laughs) I don't know if I'd ever recommend buying and my house is like historical. It's a hundred years old. It's really cool, but it has, um, <laughs> it's, it's been a big, big project <laughs> for me, but I'm starting to get to the phase where I enjoy it and I'm liking it. But, um, so that's new. That just happened in July of this year. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to travel and enjoy as much as I can at the time being. I'm also like, I have a huge passion for naturopathic and holistic healing and health and that's kind of something that I do on the side and I'm, you know, I'm really into fitness and wellness as well. Yeah, no, I can definitely uh, tell that from your, from your Facebook or do you go, have you ever done those retreats that people do those wellness retreats or holistic? Um, I've kind of, but no, I feel like I, I'm lucky that there, especially the community I live in in Ojai is very hippy dippy, very granola. Yeah spiritual woo woo, all that (laughs) stuff. And it's right up my alley. I love it. And you know, I take some of it. I'm like, okay, I get this. This works for me. And then other things I'm like, oh my gosh, this is total just like quackery. Like what is going on here? (laughs) But, um, so I have, I'm surrounded by it. So I don't, my retreat is to go on like a surf trip or to go hiking way up in the mountains. Like that is my retreat. Um, otherwise I can practice all of the other things just locally where I'm at. No, it's understandable. Um, sounds like, you know, like you said, you've you've settled in. You're at the point in your life now where you're ready to go yeah. and you're yeah. looking for that uh looking for that someone. I know that um kind of earlier, um I wanna say, gosh, would have been late uh, let's see, maybe around two thousand nine or two thousand ten, I remember. Um, you know, I had become friends with um I had become friends with Jeremy Anderson from this franchise who was on Deanna's season. And I do remember that at one point, right after his season with Deanna, like there was, and I remember reading it online, that you guys mm-hmm. had dated a little bit, right? Yeah. Uh, a long time ago. Way yeah, later. yeah. Right after his season, we actually went to their, they filmed, so that season of guys um, filmed their, what is it, after the final rose? Yeah. And they were having... Uh, like a big party at one of the hotels afterwards for all the guys. And we kind of crashed it. Me, Holly, Noel, Amanda, and Amy mm-hmm. all crashed the party and showed up. And I mean, we had such an incredibly fun time with that group of guys. And a lot of us kind of like had, I had talked to Jeremy um, through one kind of messenger. I don't know if I had a MySpace, like really was MySpace the yeah, thing. There be- was something, some kind of social media then. And he had reached out to me just to discuss like the post show and um, get my feedback. And so we kind of developed an online friendship. So then when I got to meet him in person, there was definitely some sparks there. And we got to know each other and had a great time and had like a, you know, a very short lived um, dating situation. He was living in Texas and I was in California. So, but it was great to get to meet up with that group of guys. And we all had a lot of fun with them. And some of the girls might have dated some of the other guys yeah. there was definitely a lot of that kind of going on oh yeah for sure and were you ever contacted by the show to ever do um their spinoffs which would have been bachelor pad at the time or was that bachelor pad not around no, at that point i think point? there was there was initially one bachelor pad and just <clears throat> for me um I I loved doing the show. I have no regrets at all, but it was kind of something that after I've seen the working, the inner workings of it, I was like, this is just not me and I wouldn't be willing to do it again. So, uh, yeah. I, and also I just was like, that's not 
for me, like I can't authentically find love in this type of situation. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, and, and, and you know, like sometimes this kind of stuff can bring out the worst of you. Like you're competing for love and this person is seeing all these other women at the same time. Like it's not how things genuinely happen out in the real world. So I didn't think it was best for me to do that and put myself back out there in that way. So yeah, no, it wasn't something I was ever interested in doing again. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I just figured I had to have believed that somebody as prominent as you were on your season, you know, a girl who finished second, that they would at least attempt like, Hey, would you, would you want to be on a, uh, you know, yeah. our spinoff show? And that was right around the time I believe that bachelor pad was uh, right. a thing. So. Yes. And that's the one like, well, Holly, um, from my season had done, uh, was it bachelor pad? Yeah. She oh, did. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Like bachelor in paradise as well now. Yeah. She did bachelor yeah. pad season two, I believe. She right. Was, okay. Yeah. Yes. She was on season, yeah, second season of Bachelor Pad, and that was yeah. That was and also, my career had kind of just taken off into a new direction. So I remember being like, I can't, you know, it's really hard if you do have a career to say, hey, I'm going on a TV show. I could be gone for X amount of days or not, or you know, to ask your company to put your position on hold and save it for you, and then if you have you know rent and bills to pay, like it's hard to do that. And I think later on, I I learned after the show show of course that hey you've got to ask for those things from the company from abc from the network oh yeah. which i wasn't privy to understanding while i was on the show like i was there strictly to find love i didn't think about money they paid for things they never actually you know gave you a lump sum of cash or anything like that they yeah. paid for you to do uh like get you know tr all your travel all your meals and then your final dress and stuff but other than that like you were still paying your own bills yeah no, it's uh, it's a, it's a weird world. Um, do you still watch the show at all? Do you keep up keep up with it at all, or no? You know, I I don't really. Um, partially because I don't even have cable in my house. Like, <laughs> I have uh, like Apple TV, so I have to pay to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <"Meh." laughs> um, so I have seen um, Bachelor in Paradise. I've watched that one. I feel like that one has more drama and entertainment than any of them. Yeah. And it's too, it's interesting for me to see, you know, previous castmates putting themselves out there again in all these situations. And, you know, there is kind of a bachelor family and I know, you know, a lot more of them are more in touch with each other. And when you get off the season, that's kind of the thing to do. And so a lot of them do intermingle and date each other. And then, you know, the bachelor in paradise puts this on television. So I've seen a few seasons of that, but, um, I haven't been watching the actual bachelor or bachelorette for several years. That's all right. <laughs> You're not missing much. And it's just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's weird to think because back in 2008, when this is all going on, like it's, it was just a different world back then. Like, I don't know once you got off the show, were you in touch with some of the, like the ones that you had become friends with most notably, probably Amanda, when you got home from filming, did you immediately contact Amanda? Had you exchanged numbers or did you not? I know you're not technically supposed to, but everybody does. Um, how did it, <laughs> yes. How did it work? Yeah, for, I, how did it work for you? Yeah. Amanda and I kept in touch a lot. And you know, one of the things that I found to be so beautiful about the situation was here are two women fighting for the same guy and at the end of the day, neither of us end up with him, but we built a bond in a friendship that could openly discuss how we dated this person and what happened between us. And then, you know, the show as a whole. So her and I kept in touch immediately and exchanged all the details of like, hey, well, this happened on my end. And, you know, it, it's not something that you're used to, too. So trying to understand, well, production did this, did they do this for you? And I had this happen. Um, just kind of sharing our stories and the experiences, because at some point you are separated when you're the final four, you're separated and you don't see the other women at all until the rose ceremony to yeah. them. until the rose ceremony. And then, you know, I'm looking around, I'm like, okay, Amanda's still here. Yay. And you know, like you try to make eye contact and like, Hey, like whisper off one offs, but you're, you're pretty segregated from each other. Yeah. So no, it's it's still the same way to this day. I mean, it's just this, yeah. once the, once you get to the final four, 
And once hometowns start, you know how it goes. Um, yeah. I don't know what number hometown you had, whether it was the first, second, third, or fourth. You remember which one you were? Um, you know, I don't. I don't think mine was the first. I know it wasn't the first. I was somewhere in the middle. Okay, because we all know when you get to hometown dates, you are basically put up in a hotel with your handler in Southern mm-hmm. California, and you just wait. Until it's your turn to go home, and then you fly in the night before. You stay at a hotel (laughs) near your hometown. Uh, You meet meet Matt the next day. He meets your family. You're back at hotel that night, and then you fly back to L.A. and wait till the rose ceremony. Like, you're not hanging out. Like, trust me, I get. I mean, this show's been on for 17 years (laughs) and 39 seasons, and people still ask me, "Hey, when they're back from their hometown date, why don't they just tell all their friends? uh, You know what's going on on the show?" I'm just like, no, that's not. Oh no. No, you are. No, not at all. You are. I mean, I remember I was so grateful to have an amazing handler that I got along with and loved. And it was her first time um, being a handler for the show. And I mean, I would tell her, listen, I am bored out of my damn mind being in a hotel so much. Like, you can either come with me and ensure my safety or you can stay behind. I am sneaking out. Like, (laughs) I have got to get out of here. And there was a few occasions. There was one occasion in Barbados. I lied and said I was sick and needed to go to the doctor. And her and I went and rented jet skis for an hour. <laughs> I don't think I've ever told anyone this, by the way, or production. Like, they don't know about that. Wow, cool. But, and then there was another time in L.A. where I got in actually a lot of trouble because I snuck out. We went to, like, a club that night. And they were livid. They were like, people could have seen you. Something could have happened. I was like, I wore a hat. They were like, and I was like, and I think we ended up going into a gay bar. Like it was fine. <laughs> and so that was, uh, that was during your waiting for hometown. Like you were, when you were in your hotel and waiting for hometown to happen or waiting for the road ceremony. Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. Yeah. When we were in LA, um, yeah, I got out and I remember something happened where I got in trouble. It was aside from me just sneaking out. There was another situation where I got in trouble. And I can't quite remember. Oh, I think I, I do remember there was a guy in the bar, an older gentleman, and it was just me and my handler and this man. And he had a drink and left and he slid a napkin over to me as he left. And I remember it was incredibly inappropriate and it had his room number in it. Mm. And so Mary Beth, who was my handler at the time, was like, I remember I was fired up. I had been drinking and I was fired up. I'm like, I'm going to go to his room and tell him he can't do this and that this is disgusting. And And she was like, no, don't. Like, don't you dare. We're going to leave this away. And I was like, well, you can either come with me (laughs) or like I was doing what I wanted to do regardless. Like, I'm like, unless this handler is a bodyguard, you guys can't stop me. (laughs) So I remember I went and knocked on his room and he answered the door and I just ripped into him and told him like how incredibly inappropriate it was to leave that on a napkin and da, 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 da. And I, I don't know, but I think production found out about it or like the front desk got called. And so, yeah, I was in trouble a bit. <laughs> Boy, what a troublemaker you were your season. <laughs> well, I mean, Sneaking out. Exactly. Well, you're, you have a lot of downtime, which is something oh, yeah. people don't see and don't understand. Like you have a lot of downtime and it's boring you as don't fuck. have the internet. You don't have a cell phone. Like you can't do the things you're used to doing and yeah. you can only like work out so much in your room or at the gym in the hotel. Yeah, no, it's boring. Let's face it. It's boring yeah. as so fuck So you out like there. create trouble to kind of like stir it up a bit. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I mean, I trust me, the stories throughout the years of people and what they do. I mean, they're just, they're endless, but um, yeah. it's crazy how much uh, trouble you got yourself into. I, I think the story about yeah. Shane and overhearing her from her overnight date with Matt, that's a, that's an all timer. I hadn't heard that one before. Um, Yeah, that was pretty shocking to me, too, just that he was willing to say those things out loud to me, which was, you know, the other woman at the time. And, you know, like a lot of people had kind of made fun of her airheadedness or her ditziness, whatever you want to call it. Um, But for him to say it to me, I like that made me lose some respect because he chose her at the end of the day. It's like, yeah. you don't criticize the person you're choosing to be with to another woman. 
Like that just wasn't, wasn't quite right on his end. And I don't know if production, you know, got him to do things to kind of make me feel like I had it in the bag. So that way I'd have a bigger reaction to him turning me down. Sure. I mean, that stuff happens. Oh, it yeah. really does. And you don't know it, though, as it's happening. Yeah, you're, you you're unaware no of it idea. when it's going on. And then you realize right. after the fact, like, oh, shit, I was set up, basically. Yes, exactly. And not only that was the old timer, I, I was even referring to the fact that what you overheard Shane saying uh, downstairs before you went on your overnight date. Yes. That is an all time story, that the fact that you were that close to her. And you were able to hear her talking right. to her producer like that's that's crazy because, yeah, that would put you in a totally different mindset. Like, oh, shit, I'm about to have yes. my overnight date. And I just heard everything he did with some girl the night before. You know, that's like, right. Totally bizarre to me. And, right. It just doesn't create for like me wanting to have the most romantic time with him. Exactly. Right after that. Yeah. So, yeah, I was probably definitely distant with him and. Yeah. And, and and that came off across and I didn't really want to tell him at the time about it. So yeah. well, just let it go. I don't remember. Or no, if you remember, um, or if it comes up in my season and it's funny, I thought it would be, a, it was going to have been shown more and they showed bits of it. But I remember Chris Harrison saying on a commercial from my show, like the biggest fight in bachelorette or bachelor history. And it was a confrontation I had had with a woman named Marshana. Yeah. I don't know if you remember her. She's got a lot of personality. I remember her. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was like a big thing for me because the majority of the time I had kept with the women that I got along with and just, you know, didn't really rock the boat, didn't have any fights or arguments. And I remember just getting pushed to a point where I was tired of some things happening and I just decided to stick up for someone else. And then, I mean, what you guys didn't see in TV was this was a heated discussion that almost got physical. <laughs> and, so, and so when they, they showed the PG version of it looking like we just got in a little bit of an argument and, um, you know, voices got raised, but it got bad. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, so, we don't remember that. I mean, I'm, I, there's been so many fights since then. It's just like, Oh, okay. of course. Now yeah. the drama I feel like is so much worse. I was like, well, if Chris Harrison thought that was the biggest fight in bachelor history, like my goodness nowadays. <laughs> yeah. At, at the time though, season 12. Yeah. I mean, it probably was the biggest fight in history or, or it's hyperbole because they love to hype everything else's uh, everything on the show is, you know, the right. greatest thing ever. But of um, course, but Kelsey, uh, Kelsey, sorry about that. Kelsey, thank you. Same. So, I, there's, a, there's a Kelsey on Peter season that's airing right oh. now. So that's why it, I don't know why that popped in my head. But Kelsey, um, <laughs> All good. thank you so much for coming on. This was a really interesting trip down memory lane and hearing some of these stories that uh, I, I'm guessing 99% of the audience had no clue about. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. And um, Oh, it was my pleasure. This was actually so fun for me, too, because it's not often that I think <laughs> about that. And this was so fun to kind of relive it again. And now I'm like, got this big smile on my face. Like, oh, <laughs> what a cool thing that was that I got to experience and do in my life. Yeah, I know. It's great. And um, just sharing the stories and hearing from you. I, I know the listeners are going to love this. And um Again, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we will definitely be in touch, and uh, good luck with everything going forward. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I do appreciate it very much. You got it, Chelsea. Thank you. All righty. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much to Chelsea for that. She was great. Uh, I love those stories about the overnights and her hearing about Shane and Matt's sex right before she's going to leave to go on her date. That's got to be a little unnerving, I got to say. How could it not be? That's got to throw you off a little bit. You know it's happening, and you'd be naive to think that it doesn't, but to hear about details about it or, yeah, that was kind of weird. And um, just the fact that Matt was basically shit-talking Shane the night before the final rose ceremony and, ends up, and then ends up picking her, like something went down, and I think it was what I alluded to in the podcast. I think they wanted a proposal out of this, and they knew they weren't getting one. They knew they weren't getting an engagement out of Chelsea. So, you know, I have nothing to back this up, but I don't think it's really far-fetched to think that he was not forced to, but nudged in the direction to go with Shane. That's just my guess. But 
a very interesting interview from a contestant that a lot of you maybe probably never even heard of and never even watched two seconds of his, their season. And um, I don't, I mean, a lot of people didn't. That was when the show was kind of almost on the verge of cancellation. And then um, I think um, Andy Baldwin was after Matt, I think. I always lose, I always, right around that area is where I lose track of the order of who was the next bachelor but i think it was andy baldwin after him and then brad womack was after andy baldwin and that's when the series kind of picked up from there but again thank you so much to uh, chelsea for coming on and sharing that story and again thank you all for listening to podcast number 166 and we're back at it again next week please rate subscribe and review an apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts it certainly helps us although they have changed their format and I'm kind of confused about it. So whatever you do, just listen to the podcast, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your mistresses, whatever, listen to the podcast because the more downloads I get and the more people that listen, the more word that can be spread about the reality Steve podcast. And uh, so, yeah, we, wow. Can you imagine that after all the shit I took for in the month of December for not having any bachelor people on, Two in a row. How about that? Let's see if we can make it three in a row next week. I don't know who next week's guest is because, like I said, I book on a week-to-week basis. I rarely I rarely book, record interviews three or four weeks out before they air but just because they end up not being timely. Um, there, will ta- there will be times where I have to. Like, I recorded Chelsea before I left for New York, so I knew I wasn't going to be rushed, and I would have only had yesterday to record an interview. And if somebody couldn't come, then I was screwed. So... Um, but yeah, I, you know, we, we know the situation we're in with bachelor people. So any bachelor guests I get are probably going to be of the older generation or, you know, even three, four five years ago. It's just tough because the, the, the newer ones, maybe they do want to come on and I just, I, I can't, um, because the show has got such a stranglehold on them. And I mean, trust me, I have had people tell me I want to come on, but I can't right now just gotta wait and wait until my contract's up and all this stuff i'm just like great so we'll do what we can but you're gonna get a podcast every week and i hope you enjoy that so that'll do it for podcast 166 for chelsea wanstrath i'm reality steve thank you all for tuning in and we will talk to you next week see you